This is the Raise Your Authority podcast, the place for high-achieving women to step up and stand out in their industry as the authority. I'm your host, Chrissy Ferreira, the authority coach, mom, wife, business owner, recovering people pleaser, and your marketing hype girl. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Chrissy Ferreira, your marketing hype girl, the authority coach. And I'm so, so excited to begin season two of the Raise Your Authority podcast. Season one was amazing. And I had so much fun creating it and testing it and honestly just getting it out there. It was something that was in the works for a really long time. And so now I'm really excited to bring you a whole new episode with a whole new focus. And so let's go ahead and just dive into season two. So what can you expect from the season? First of all, we're going to be heavily focusing on growth mindset, limiting beliefs, confidence, the power of your voice and the work you're doing as you're building this personal brand. We're going to be focusing a lot on, on these topics in season two. So honestly, my recommendation for you is to listen to this episode. We're going to be dropping new episodes every Thursday, and we're going to have discussions over on Instagram every Friday about these episodes to share your own personal experience and journey as we talk about um, each of these things. My recommendation for you is to keep these, keep this podcast in your pocket when you're feeling down, when you're feeling stuck, when you're feeling like you can't push forward, when you're having doubt, when you find yourself in this basic bitch mindset of you're not good enough because we all know that's not true. Just keep it in your back pocket when you have something big coming up. You're about to hit live on Facebook. You're about to head to a networking event. You're about to jump on a a sales call. You're about to help on a network, a virtual event. You're about to speak at a conference. You're about to be a guest at a radio host show. All those things. When you're getting ready to do those things, keep this podcast in your back pocket, listen to an episode and push on, persevere. Okay. (laughs) So let's go ahead and dive into today's topic. And this episode, I've named it Own the Power of Your Voice. And it was just, it just made sense to start off with this topic. So here are three things that I know to be true. Three things that I know to be true. There is nothing more important in marketing than staying front of mind. We talked a little bit about this in season one and how to stay front of mind, but there's nothing more important in marketing than staying front of mind. And two, having a personal brand is a must. Brand yourself, brand your future if you want to further your career growth. And the number three is one thing I definitely know to be true is there is nothing more authentic than your voice. There's nothing more authentic than your voice. Mix all those things together and you have a recipe for leveraging the power of your voice. But how? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And by the way, if at any point during this episode, you feel like you need to have a further conversation with me about this, about your personal brand, go ahead to the show notes and book a consultation with me. And let's talk about how we can start implementing the things that we're talking about into this podcast into your business. So let's talk about staying in front of mine. Now, I know you guys have heard me talk about this before, but I'm really bad with names. You can tell me your name and I probably forgot it two seconds later. But one of the things that is really easy for me to work with when I'm trying to remember people is I'll usually remember something that you say. Maybe there's a slogan. Maybe there's a unique story that you told. There's always usually something about someone new that I meet at a networking event because I'm constantly meeting new people. I'm constantly adding to my network 
adding people on Facebook, meeting new people on Instagram, going to speaking events, meeting participants. I'm constantly meeting new people. And that's a lot of new people to keep, you know, memory <laughs> in this mom brain of mine. That's a lot to remember. And so one of the ways that I'm able to remember people is I'll usually find something about them that that keeps them stored in that Rolodex memory in my head. And for some people, that's really easy. But for some people, it's not so easy. And the reason that is, is because when I meet you in person, some people hold back and they don't give me all the things in the very beginning. And I'm going to give you guys an example of what I mean is, you know, I've been to a lot of networking events, a lot of virtual ones and quite a few in-person ones. And a lot of times I find that women will sugarcoat and hold themselves back when it comes to bragging on themselves. I think that we often feel like we can't, we should share, but we can't overshare. And so when, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, tell me what you do. And it almost feels like women dim down what they do almost to like make it simple and to come off as not being too much. And you may be nodding your head like, yeah, I've experienced this when I met people. I've experienced this when I've, you know, introduced myself to people. I feel like we have to dim ourselves down a little bit so we don't come off too cocky, too confident, you know, too conceited. We don't want to come off as too much, especially when we meet someone new because we're trying to make a good first impression. Well, I think the power of building a first impression is actually leaving an impression on that person. And the way that you do that is by having something that is super, super memorable and something super, super unique. And when you, so when you meet someone at a networking event, I'm going to give them use a networking event as an example is, you know, some people have like their elevator pitch that they use. I think that's boring. I think sometimes when you're like, oh, I help women, blah, 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 do this by solving this X, Y, Z problem. Give me a scenario of, you know, when you help somebody, give me a slogan, tell me what your funky title is, share an experience with me. And if you have like a signature thing that you say to most people, then that's going to stick a little bit easier. Don't just wait for the conversation to naturally happen. Go ahead and bring it up. And so one thing that I like to use, like for example, and I can give you more than one example, but one I like to use is my tagline of, raise your authority or calling myself the authority coach. You say, hi, I'm Chrissy Ferreira. Nice to meet you. I'm the, I'm the authority coach online or on, you know, I'm known online as the authority coach. And they're like the authority coach, like, what does that mean? You know? And then I tell them like what I do and who I serve. And I'll use that term over and over again. Or when I talk about, I help women raise their authority. A lot of people don't know what that means because it's a very unique term. And so I'll go into it. And by always making sure I mention those two things at some point, it makes it a little bit easier for people to remember me. You know, there's some women that will come up to me and they'll, they'll just kind of give me a brief description of what they do, but then I'll meet someone in the same industry as them. And then I'll usually remember one of those two women. I'll usually remember the woman, maybe her pocketbook, maybe by her hair. Maybe I'll remember something that she said. I think that these are little things to remember too. Sometimes being on brand, wearing the funky earrings, wearing our confidence sometimes will shine through too. Sometimes I feel like we're trying to dim down our voice because we don't want to be too loud. I say this a lot too, like, you know, being a leader isn't about being the loudest person in the room. It's the one who leaves the biggest impression. And I think when you're meeting new people is you need to step into your leadership in that way. What can you leave that person with today? What can you leave them with? Is there something powerful that you can share? You know, if you know someone in your life that's going through this right now, or, you know, I just worked with a woman 
who experienced this and this is what I helped her with. You can say that right away. You can literally introduce yourself and say, you know, I'm a hairdresser. I work at a salon and I actually just worked with a client who was experiencing bald patches in her hair and she was feeling super unconfident and like literally was wearing hats every day. And I gave her a skin regimen for her scalp and now her hair is like super thick. Like you can literally lead off with something like that. I would remember that story because the thought of, you know, having bald spots scares me. And then that's amazing that she was able to do that. Like you can lead off with a story, lead off with a transformation, lead off with something that's interesting. I think that these are things that sometimes we're afraid to kind of like jump right into because we think we're being too forward. But I think I want to see you be more forward. I do. I want you to create situations where you're very forward and unapologetic about it. I wish more women were unapologetic. It's not about being like I said, it's not about being like braggy. It's confidence. And I will tell you that, first of all, you're going to be repelled from certain people and you're going to be, people are going to be attracted to you naturally. Okay. So like if people don't like you, then you really shouldn't be working with them anyways. Okay. Like if you're a hairdresser, do you really want that person sitting in your salon for three hours while you're doing their hair? Probably not. Okay. You're probably going to be annoyed by them after 20 minutes, but I respect the hell out of women that are super confident. I'm attracted to it. I am. I am attracted to confidence in women. I love it. I love it. And when I see a woman who is hella confident in a room, like I, it, it captivates me. It intrigues me. It really, really pulls me in. And this is why First of all, I think having confidence in what you do is so important. People can read up on it too. If you're not confident in what you do, it kind of shows. And if you are extremely confident in what you do and it doesn't show, then you need to own it a little bit more. And again, you need to be unapologetic and let that confidence shine through. I think sometimes when we're approaching new people, whether it's online or um, if it's in person, sometimes we can feel insecurities can kind of kick in sometimes. I know for me that I've experienced this myself, where if I've gone to an in-person networking event and I remember the first one that I went to for like, for like, I don't know, two years because after COVID I was super self-conscious because I had gained a lot of weight during COVID. And so, you know, before I walked in, I was really nervous, like, you know, about my weight and stuff like that. But, but here's what I did that helped. I wore this black dress that I felt really, really confident and I felt like it hugged my body really, really well. I wore these beautiful earrings that I absolutely loved. I don't know what it is about wearing earrings, but it always gives me confidence and lipstick. Lipstick always gives me confidence. I feel like when I put on lipstick, I just feel, I don't know, beautiful. So it just makes me feel good. And I did my hair nice, but I put my hair in a way where it wouldn't bother me all night. I'm actually not a huge fan of wearing my hair done all the time. I can be a little bit of a tomboy at times when it comes to that. And so I wore my hair in a way where my hair wasn't like completely in my face, but it still looked really nice. And so, and then I wore really cute shoes that were comfortable. And so when I walked in, I was feeling better about my appearance. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard like the term when you, when you look good, you do good. When you feel good, you do good, you perform well. Right. And I do believe that to be true is the less you're worrying about your appearance, the, the more you can focus on what it is that you're doing, what you're saying. That's why I think some people thrive so much on like live video. I know for me for a really long time, I thrive so well because you only see me from like, you know, my waist up or my shoulders up and there's a little less vulnerability there. But when you meet people in person, you can be very, very vulnerable. And if it's a new situation for you where like this is your first time at a networking event, I highly recommend that you wear something that you feel so comfortable in and so secure in and something that makes you feel sexy and beautiful and like something that like 
and I don't care if you're if you're overdressed for the event. I think that it's better to be overdressed than underdressed. Like who cares if you have the most colorful shirt? Who cares if you're the most dressed there? You're going to be the most badass like bitch there, okay? So just walk in on something that makes you feel good. So that's one less thing you have to worry about in the back of your mind. Because as you're meeting these new people, there are things that you're going to start comparing. Sometimes we can compare ourselves, not every time. But sometimes I think it naturally happens if you approach a woman who you find to be super attractive or a woman that you find that's a little intimidating because, you know, maybe you're insecure about your weight or the way you look, or she's much taller than you or, or shorter than you, whatever, like whatever, all of us have different insecurities and I'm sharing my, my own, but I've definitely approached women that I felt a little intimidated by. And this is something that I've had to work on over the past couple of years is no longer putting people that I admire on a pedestal. And what I mean by that is, is just because someone is at a, a level that you want to be doesn't mean they're better than you. And so sometimes we can put people on pedestals, like they're untouchable and they're basically like the, the destination, right? You're trying to get to where they are. And sometimes I think we can limit ourselves like that because who's to say you can't get farther than them. And it's not about competition. It's just about believing that, they're not better than you. So no longer putting them on a pedestal. So you don't get nervous around them. So you don't hold back. So you feel super confident around them. Once I started to stop viewing women in that light, it became a lot easier for me to approach people who are maybe surpassed where I am in my business, or maybe women that intimidated me a little bit in the past. One of the ways I was able to do that was being in like containers, I've joined quite a few masterminds and, and programs with women who were farther in their business than me and working with quite a few different mentors and getting to know them, making me realize that like, I used to think, you know, cause I didn't know anyone who was a millionaire growing up. I used to think that, you know, millionaires had a different mindset and they do, but they're still dealing with some of the same shit that you're going through. Like when it comes to the confidence piece, I know people who are making seven figures and they still struggle with imposter syndrome. They still feel like, you know, they still feel like an imposter or they're still struggling with confidence or they still put other people on a pedestal. They are quiet when you speak to them. They hold back. They're not unapologetic. Okay. Just because someone has reached a certain success level in their life, in their personal brand or their business doesn't mean they don't struggle with those things too. And I think the more I realized that, that I am just like them, the more I felt like I was on their level and I took them off this pedestal and I felt like they're equal, right? When you feel like someone's equal, you're less intimidated by them. So when you're approaching someone, I want you to dress in something that makes you feel really, really good. I want you to no longer put them on a pedestal. And then the last thing is I want you to really own what it is that you do. Like, you know that you get your clients results. You know, you're amazing at what you do. You have to believe that if you want the person that you're talking to, to care about what you do, to take you seriously and to actually like be interested in maybe working with you, referring with you, collaborating with you. If there's doubt in your mind that you're not good at what you do or great at what you do or legendary or freaking amazing, the authority in, in your space then it's going to show in the way that you talk to them. And I think sometimes what can be helpful is like practicing talking about yourself, right? I know this sounds silly, but like literally like talking in your phone and talking about what makes you unique, what makes you the authority in your space, why should people should hire you, why you're a gift to this world, why people should hire you over someone else. Like I think saying it out loud can be really, really helpful because once you practice saying it, then you can say it to other people. You can literally say to someone, you know, people work with me 
and avoid my competitors for this reason. And you can tell them that like, that's something that you can say in your intro when you meet somebody and that confidence and that power and owning how great you are, it sticks with people. I know it sticks with me. If you literally said to me, let's say you were a massage therapist. Okay. And you said to me, people come to me because no one can put their, their clients to sleep the way I do during a session. Okay. I love the confidence, right? You're owning it. Like, you know, you have a skill and like, I, I love it. Like I would just absolutely love it. And it's, it's a, something that would, would be like very memorable and would stay front of mind for me because it's unique. First of all, the confidence is hella amazing. And then third of all, is it's just something that I think I could relate to too. It's like, Oh, She's not just, you know, you could break down all the services that you do. Like, oh, I do Reiki and I do full body massage and I do this and I do that. That's great. But sometimes that can be hard to remember. Let's say I'm at a convention and I meet three other massage therapists and you all offer the same services, kind of like the example I gave earlier. What really is going to make you stay front of mind to me? So I think really being self-aware of these types of things can be really helpful. And this is not just about networking. This is about everyone that you meet. When you're trying to build your personal brand online and you're trying to stay front of mind, you've got to keep these things in, like, you've got to keep these things in mind. What really does separate me amongst everyone else? How can I own it? How can I stay front of mind to everyone that I'm coming across? So that's one way to own, one way to own your voice is to really own what makes you unique, right? What own, what makes you the authority in your space. I want to move on to my second point from earlier is having a personal brand is a must, you know, branding yourself and branding your future if you want to further your career growth. So here's what I mean by this. None of us really know where we're going to be in five years. We may have goals. We may have a whole business plan built out, but we really don't know what's going to happen in five years. So much can happen. Like, first of all, you can change your mind. You may be so dedicated to something in your business. And then we change our minds. We're human being like life circumstances happen. Our experiences impact our decisions and we grow, we evolve. Your five-year plan could have turned into a two-year plan and you did it a lot faster than you expected. Or your five-year plan is taking longer. We really do not know where you're going to be in five years. You may want to pivot into an in another industry. You may want to take on another income revenue. Me, for example, is one of the things I'm adding into my business is real estate. And so I'm actually going to be bringing in another income stream, which is through real estate. I'm taking real estate classes and I'm going to be staying in the marketing industry, but also dipping my toes into real estate. And I have a lot of really great plans. And so in order to do things like this, where maybe we want to add a new streams of income, maybe we want to pivot, completely change industries, or just keep adding on businesses as we grow. If you're an entrepreneur, you know, maybe you have different ideas and different passions and you want to invest your money into different things. One of the best ways to, to leverage all of those things at once is by having a personal brand. And I want to give you guys a couple examples of what I mean. So first, in order to have one of the most important things with having a personal brand is having like a brand identity, right? And one of those things as a brand identity is really understanding like why would your client now stay with you in this industry and follow you to another industry, okay? Because, you know, you may want to make changes in your offer suite down the road. So I want to give you an example. So I started my business journey back in 2015. One of my first businesses was selling health 
and fitness products. Okay. It was an MLM, <laughs> full disclosure. And that was like my first like business venture. And looking back, like it really wasn't, I didn't really have like my own business. It was literally like a side hustle of bringing in extra money while I was go working full time while I was going to college. And I dipped my toes into that. I sold skincare products. I, at one point I left MLM and I went and sold clothes, a maternity line that I built out. And then I got into selling makeup and that was pretty successful for a while. And so this is actually where one of the ways that I gained marketing experience is by dipping my toes into so many different industries. And, you know, when I started my marketing business, I actually had a lot of people who followed me from those business ventures, whether they were people I just met throughout like networking or customers that I had from there in the past. I actually had a lot of customers who followed me over, especially the ones that were business owners who refer me, who became my clients. And it was one of the ways that I was able to like really kick off my marketing business. And one of the ways I was doing that is I had, was building a personal brand without really realizing it. I was, I was building a personal brand all those years without realizing it. And I did that a lot actually by leveraging live video. And I'm going to talk about this again on another, on another episode a little bit more, but you know, I was working full time while building these side hustles. I, even at one point I had another part-time job doing housekeeping and cleaning people's houses and going to school <laughs> through all of this. Okay. Maintaining a house, marriage, whatever. And so I had a lot going on, but I was building a personal brand through live video content. I was working full time and going to school. And at one point I had another job. And so I wasn't really like relying on like long form content, short form content, memes, any of that kind of stuff, reels, stuff like that. I was just like, you know what? I have this product and I'm going to hop on live and I'm going to sell it. And that's how I got really, really good at live video. And that's how I got really, really good at building out my audience and selling online. And that's just what I did back then. And so that was one of the best ways that I was able to start building my personal brand. And I'm going to talk about, you know, authenticity in your voice, but I was building a personal brand back then and I didn't even realize it. And a lot of people carried over to what I'm doing now. And if you think about it, when it comes to celebrities, and I love using celebrities as a, as an example, but there's a lot of people that, that we know and love that have dipped their toes into so many different industries. And yet we follow them everywhere they go. Like look at Oprah. Come on. Oprah's dipped her toes in how many different things? Kim Kardashian, Right. We all know where she started, but, <laughs> you know, she's dipped her toes in a lot of different things. And, you know, she's become known for so many different, so many different brands. My guy, Steve Harvey, I love him. He's done so many different things, acting, TV shows. He probably won't be hosting, you know, a Miss America pageant anymore, but he's dipped his toes in so many different things. Ellen, the generous, you know, she's the voice of Nemo and the voice of other characters. And she has her show and clothing and like, Jennifer Lopez. Come on. I knew her from Selena. Then I listened to her music. Then I bought her skincare and she was an actress like in other movies. And then she was a host of game of shows like world of dance. That's what it was. And then Tony Robbins, God, he's been in so many different things, life coaching, movies, business. Like I know he does like business now. Uh, Justin Timberlake, like we knew him from NSYNC and then different movies. Then he sells different things. Like They've dipped their toes in so many different industries because think about it this way. Okay. A lot of times when we invest in products or watch shows or watch movies that have a specific person that we love, that we love, 
yes, the movie is interesting. Yes, the product is interesting. But sometimes the main thing that sells us is that person. Okay. Like Kylie Jenner. Okay. When she had her Kylie brand, definitely being a Kardashian helped. Right. And so maybe that piqued people's interest or, you know, if Jennifer Lopez is starring in a movie, sure. The movie sounds interesting, but it's Jennifer Lopez. She's one of the stars in the movie. That's why you're going to go see it. Okay. Beyonce drops her new hair care line. You may not, you know, be necessarily interested specifically in the hair care line, but it's, it's Beyonce. Okay. And so I, I, Honestly, they they build these personal brands so well that it doesn't matter what they do. We're going to keep following them. You know, if, if, as long as we they keep up their personal brand, we're going to keep following them. And this is one of the reasons why I think, you know, staying front of mind and really owning what it is that you do and really voicing that and finding ways to really stand out as the authority, to really own your power, to really own what makes you unique is so powerful because the sooner you do that, the sooner you're going to be able to show up and show out and really start building that personal brand. Why should people continue to follow you from one venture to the next? Why should they follow you today and keep following you down the road? Okay. I'm not one that's like, once you serve someone once, you never need to serve them again. I'm all about, sure, taking the clients on a product journey, but also keep taking them on like a personal brand journey of, okay, you've served them one year, but you may need to be able to serve them like two years down the road when you're in something completely different. I think that having a personal brand is one of the best ways to guarantee success today because it's going to help build trust. People get to know you. It's easier for them to remember you, to the relate to you. That whole no like trust factor, it's a great way to establish authority. And one of the things that I love to help my clients with is, you know, I've worked with so many different people that would consider themselves like the best kept secret in their industry. They don't have like, you know, a million followers. They don't have a million clients, but they've established a lot of like clout and they're known in like their small space. So they're essentially like the best kept secret. And what I love to do with those people is when we're building these personal brands, we want to make sure we establish you in a way online where when your next client views you online and they see other people in your industry, they're not paying attention to other people in your industry. They're not comparing you. They're not shopping around because in their minds, you are the only option. Like there is no comparison. So when we think about JLo, I can't think of another person to compare her to. I don't, I literally cannot think of another person to compare her to. When I think of Steve Harvey, I can't think of another person to compare him to. Okay. When I think of Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg actually would have been a really good example too, because you know, look at where he started and now he like, he has commercials for Skechers. He's like brand partnership with Skechers. And then I just saw him with the children's place with some of his grandchildren. My God, like when we were listening to Snoop D-O-double-G back in the nineties, do we think that he would be on a commercial or, you know, a marketing campaign for selling kids pajamas? Probably not. Like we probably would have never thought that like, and I'm sure he probably never even thought that because like I said before, you never know where you're going to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years. Okay. But people have been following him since the nineties and he's built such an iconic brand that people have continued to follow him. And he's so unique and he stays within that uniqueness. Okay. When I think of Snoop Dogg, I think about the Converse shoes. I think about the way he talks and the way he, his braids and his hair, like he has really set this uniqueness where there's no one else that you can, there's no rapper you can compare him to. There's no man that looks like him that 
you can compare. There's no one that you can compare him to. Okay. He is so uniquely himself. And that's why it is so important to literally in my mind, if you can become your client's only choice, they're not, like I said, they're not shopping around looking at other people because there is no one else to compare you to. So how building a strong personal brand will create success today with your current clients, but it's also going to give you growth, guaranteed growth in the future as your career grows, regardless of what you, it looks like in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, regardless of what that looks like. And that's one of the main things I want to help that help my clients focus on is becoming your client's only choice by building a very, very iconic and memorable personal brand. Now going into my final and third point was there's nothing more authentic than your voice. And so when we talk about these icons and we talk about, you know, you creating a very unique personal brand, staying in front of mind, owning the power of your voice, your voice is so authentic. Like that's literally what makes you so unique. And we're not just talking about the sounds of your voice. Like when you sing, okay, you guys don't want to hear me sing on this microphone. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> that is saved for the shower and in the car when I think I sound like Mariah Carey, but that's not really what it is. So I'm talking about your personality through your voice. Yes, the sound of your voice, but I'm talking about your personality, everything that makes you you, your mannerisms, your face, the way you the way you say things, your your signature verbiage, your your thoughts, your desires, your beliefs, everything. Like your your history, your stories, like all of that makes up your voice. And there's nothing more authentic than your voice. And yet I don't see people showing it enough. And this is why <clears throat> we're going to get technical for a second. When it comes to like, let's say content, I'm just going to use content. For example, when it comes to content, I think that I want to, I want to save some of this for like another episode when we talk about live video, but I don't know why some people will just only leverage like written content when yes, you can showcase your personality a little bit through it, but you're not really giving them your voice. You're not really building just a personal brand through the written content. The best way to do it is to show your, your face and to show your voice, your mannerisms, your personality. You know, I was thinking about in January, I was doing a lot of reflection on, you know, clients that I worked with, why they started working with me. What did that client journey look like from start to finish from the first time they found me online to the point where they were signing the contract to work with me. And the same thing on my end, like from people I've worked with for the past, like, let's say four years is what made me go from finding them online to actually paying them. What did that process look like? And I was thinking like, you know, because, you know, we tend to attract people who are similar to us when it comes to buying decisions. And for me, I did not invest in a single person where I had never seen them on video, where I had never heard their voice, where I would, was never like given an opportunity to kind of see their mannerisms. So for example, seeing them on Instagram stories where they're talking and they're sharing videos or they're going live or seeing them speak at a conference or hearing them on a podcast. Okay. Those are, those were all of the ways that I was influenced and pushed or convinced to move to the next step in investing in these people. Yes, I read their written content. Sure, I saw their captions, things like that. But that wasn't what pushed me to make that decision. That wasn't the ultimate deciding factor is I want to see you and know you. Okay. And this is something really important to think about is 
how much money are we leaving on the table by not leveraging our voice, by allowing our audience to really get to know us? And are we really establishing a sense of a personal brand? Now, if you are someone who's like listening to this and you're like, well, Chrissy, I don't want to be the face of my brand forever. Well, first of all, you have a personal brand today and you can have a personal brand for your company, but that doesn't always necessarily mean that you have to be the only person going live. So like, for example, if you know the Poppy brands, the soda, okay, I just saw them. They had a commercial. It's a woman owned business. And I loved their commercial, how they talked about how this is soda and how we're unique. And yes, it's soda. We're not saying we're not soda. We're soda. We're just different soda. We're like better soda. Okay. And so when they, when they do their commercials and even though the owner is, you know, in her marketing, like videos and everything, she's not the only person that you see. It's sure she has her own personal brands, but she built a personal brand for Poppy. And so Yes, she's in the videos, but she has her other people on her team and her videos and her customers, and she leverages commercials. You can build like a brand with a product and it's still essentially the same idea, okay? Because she can take Poppy and infuse it in other different things. She can leverage that soda company into other things. She can have partnerships, okay? And so if you're thinking to yourself, I don't always want to be the front face of my brand. She started off as a personal brand. And then as she started Poppy and as she grew, she's still a part of it, but yes, yeah, she's not the only face. And so think about this too, is if you don't always want to be the face of your brand, that's okay. You can evolve into a business brand, but as of right now, build your personal brand, make it a priority until you're ready to come off. If you're trying to do that faceless business situation, if you're trying to bring in a marketing team and you have actors and stuff to run your commercials, build your personal brand at least for now, until you're able to leverage to the next point. Because even business owners who have multiple businesses like Elon Musk, and I feel like his isn't the best example because I'm not, I don't know a ton about his personal brand, but he came to mind because he has Tesla and he has a, a ton of other companies. Now, like he's, it's Tesla's not a personal brand, but people know who owns it. And sometimes when it comes to those types of brands, people are more likely to invest in them because of the person attached to it. It, it could be ab about his personal brand as to why some, not everyone, but why some people invest in Tesla, for example. Okay. And it kind of goes back to some of the, the celebrity products that I told you before. Rihanna's Savage Fenty. Yes, we see Rihanna is highly using her personal brand to sell it, but it's not just her. She also has her, her influencers, other celebrities, and the models that are showcasing the brand. And so there's an infusion of how she first got it started. And then eventually she can be a little less hands off. I think people just know her marketing team knows that people like to see her. Okay. And so there's an infusion of a business brand and a personal brand as it goes on, especially when you're selling products. But if you're someone like Steve Harvey and you're trying to be on shows, like, sure, I don't know if he's ever launched a product-based business, but in general, he gets contracts with different shows and events and people go there because of him. Even if he's not the owner of the show, he's being featured, right? What's the show that he's on is Family Feud. Like it's not his company. It's not his business, but he's the host. And so his personal brand makes a big difference as to why people watch the show. Yes, it was a really popular show before he hopped on. But honestly, I'm more likely to watch his episodes than the older episodes because I like him. I like his personal brand. Okay. So 
when it comes to owning the power of your voice and when it comes to your voice being so authentic, the great thing about that is when I was talking about creating a personal brand where you become your client's only choice, when you really own your voice, your voice is the best way to really stand out amongst the crowd is showcasing your personality, your mannerisms, your values. These things stick with people. And that's why I think it's really important to really sit down and ask yourself, okay, first of all, what are my values? What are the things I believe in? What are the things I want to talk about in my business as I'm building this? What are the things that I want to carry with me? Not just in this business or this brand, but as I continue, what are your, your core values that with you, no matter what you do, you believe in? I believe in family first. I believe in kindness. I believe in diversity. There's a lot of values that I have that will stick with me forever. I believe that you are not a circumstance of what you were born into. I think that you have the choice to basically change your future regardless of the life you were given or whatever circumstances that you were given. You have the power to change that. I strongly, strongly believe that that's a huge value of mine. There are a lot of values that are instilled in me as a personal brand that are infused into my business. And as I grow and as I expand, those things will stick with me regardless of what I'm selling or whatever industry that I'm in. And so the more you really tap into the values, what makes you, you as a person, right when I was talking about in the beginning, when I was talking about staying in front of mind, what are some of those things that make you so unique, your experiences with your clients? It's not just about like, oh, I help so-and-so do this, do this. What are some life-changing things that you've done with your clients? And I'm talking to all of you, whether you're in the coaching industry, the service-based industry, I'm talking about if you are in the home design space, real estate, tax professionals, life coach, I'm talking to, to all, anyone who provides some type of service that's listening to this, this applies to you. And so I want you to think about, even if you feel like your work isn't life-changing, right? You've impacted people's lives in some way or another. If you are performing your masseuse, you're changing people's lives. They're feeling better every single day. So they're happier and they're healthier. If you're a hairdresser, you're making women feel beautiful. If you do eyelash extensions, same thing. If you're a fitness coach, you're saving lives every single day to help people maintain their wealth. Okay. It's not about just saving their lives. You've impacted people's lives. If you are a a money coach and you've helped people get better with their money and you know their money beliefs, then you have impacted them for generations with the way they're going to pass those things on to their children and their beliefs around money. Okay. If you're a tax professional and you file people's taxes, that's your business. You're making sure people do not go to jail <laughs> by falsely claiming things to the IRS. No, but on a serious note, you're making it easier for people and you're saving them time so they can spend more time with their families and they can spend more time with their clients. Like, you know, you know this better than I do. I'm giving like very vague descriptions, but I want you to take your work a little bit more seriously and really think like, what impact have I made on people and own that when you're meeting people and you're introducing them, what are some ways that you can stay front of mind, right? Own your voice. What really makes your personal brand and how can you start leveraging those things when you're meeting people online, when you're going live on Facebook, when you're speaking at conferences, when you're um, getting on a sales call with someone, when you're posting on social media, whatever it is that you're doing, however you're marketing, your lead generation, whatever, like whatever it is that you're doing online, having a simple conversation, what are some ways that you can leverage your voice, okay? What are some ways that you can stay front of mind? And what are some ways that you can showcase your personal brand? Because this is how the power of your voice is literally the key to business growth. It is the key to business growth, owning your voice. You know, one of the things I said at the beginning of this episode is this season is 
revolves a lot around growth mindset. We're going to talk about that a lot. Limiting beliefs, confidence, the power of your voice, and the work that you do as you build this personal brand. And so I want you to think today, if I leave you with anything today, start thinking about how can I own the power of my voice more? How can I be more confident? How can I hold back how great I am at what I do and how I serve my clients less? How can I stop holding back? Okay. You may be someone who doesn't feel like you're holding back, but how can you, how can you do more, right? How, if, if you've been listening to this whole episode, there's obviously something about what I'm saying that is speaking to you. And so I want you to start thinking about these things because this is really how you continue. This is how you're going to grow your personal brand. This is how the work that you do is going to continue to live on. This is how you get people to continue to follow you from one year to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. The people that you meet today can absolutely be your clients five, 10 years from now. So I hope this really, really stirred something inside of you. I hope this gave you the confidence to start speaking up, being unapologetic. I hope this gave you some clarity around building your personal brand. We're going to be talking about that a little bit more. I hope this start has you start thinking about some different ways that you can leverage your voice. We're going to talk a lot about using your voice in your marketing and your sales process this year in your business. And I really hope this episode made you feel good and fired you up a little bit to really own how powerful you are. So thank you guys so much. Go to the show notes. If you want to have a conversation about using any of the things that we talked about to build um, your personal brand, you want to have a conversation with me, you can go to the show notes and you can book a consultation. 